Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Empty Set Entertainment presents Slay, created by Scott Sigler and Rob Otto, performed by Scott Sigler. This story is intended for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, junkie. Here we are in 2024. Kind of hard to believe. We have had a change of plans in our publishing schedule for business reasons. The next book I'm working on is Crypt Book 2, then the final draft of GFL Book 7. Now, I know you guys have been waiting a while, but sometimes you got to pay the bills. Or in other words, you got to fulfill the contracts you signed and have taken too long to get to Crypt Book 2, so we got to bump that up. I'm hoping Crypt Book 2 will be right up your alley. Wait, what? You haven't read The Crypt Shakedown, the first book in the series? Come on, man! You can find links to purchase ebook, print, and of course, audiobook narrated by Ray Porter at scottsigler.com slash the crypt. That's slash T-H-E-C-R-Y-P-T, all one word. Now remember, The Crypt is a series we can't podcast due to our contract with Recorded Books, who does the audiobook publishing. So you're going to have to go buy it, but trust me, it is worth it. Okay. Back to Slay. Let's get you caught up on the story, and then let's dive right in. Previously on Slay, Lincoln's successful lich hunt has bought the gang some breathing room, but they are far from solvent. Billy is trying to come to grips with his new reality. His grandma, who he lived with all his life, never told him about his powers, or told him a dangerous mage named Vestinian is out for his blood. Before she left him with Link, Magda, Ariella, and Dragon, Grandma removed a spell that made Billy seem far smaller than he really was. Sophia and Lucas, Lincoln's older sister and younger brother, are both Rixators, like their father, Jacoby, was, and like Link and Magda used to be. Sophia and Lucas are the only other people who know Lincoln and Magda live at the Old Stone Church. They met Billy briefly at the end of season one. And now, episode 41 of Slay. Billy cradled Dragon in one arm. The dog's little legs hung limp, a pose of total trust, total relaxation. I gotta hand it to Bingles and his crew, Billy said. It's like the fight never happened. The vestibule showed no sign of Dragon's rampage. No bodies, no bits of flesh, not even a drop of blood on the stone walls or the tile floor. Magda nodded. Bingles is good at his job. Good and expensive, at least as far as Billy could figure. The horny little guy had charged triple his normal rate for the cleanup because of Link not paying previous bills on time or something like that. The votive candle stand had been smashed by Dragon, or 
perhaps by Dragon slamming a Rolling Outlaws gang member against it. The stand now looked the same as it had when Billy had first seen it. Lincoln's fancy Verge TS motorcycle stood in front of the stand, plugged into the wall-mounted charger. Magda held a rune box. A few days back, which seemed like a few years back now, Lincoln had meant to put Billy's severed head in that box to collect a bounty placed by Dante Oganov. Now, the box contained the Lich Crown. They could hear the faint, muffled sound of Lincoln and Ariella arguing in the nave. We gotta get you some new clothes, Magda said. I guess I can't really call you Little P no more, if you know what I'm saying. Billy's free hand shot down to cover his crotch. The two small pajamas hugged him tightly everywhere, especially, it seemed, his privates. Man, this is embarrassing, he said. From the looks of things, you ain't got much to be embarrassed about in that department, Magda said. Hey, you might not know your real past, but we do know you're not Jewish. Billy's face grew hot. From down the hall, he heard the men's room toilet flush. Can't trails here, Magda said. Let me do the talking. Remember, your name is Walt Riggs now. Oh, and try not to think any sexy thoughts, will you? Billy's face grew hotter still. I'm guessing Riggs is from Lethal Weapon, he said. But why Walt? Grand Torino, Magda said. Walt is Clint Eastwood's character. Just be glad I didn't name you Leo Getz. Yeah, that's right, that little guy from Lethal Weapon. No thanks. Billy was done being little. I feel like I should have picked my own alias. I feel like you should pipe down, Magda said. Grandma was gone. But now Magda, Link, and Ariella could boss Billy around. The more things changed, the more they stayed the same. A man walked out of the bathroom. He wore a plaid suit and had a black leather messenger bag covered in enamel pins slung over his shoulder. He looked nervous and kept his eyes on Dragon. Dylan Cantrell, Magda said. Meet Walter Riggs. Dragon let out a tiny growl. Nice jammies, Cantrell said. Please keep a tight grip on that dog. He was afraid of Dragon. Maybe he knew what she really was. Walt's living here now, Magda said, so you might see him from time to time. Cantrell extended his messenger bag toward her, held it open. I'll take the box and be on my way, he said. I'll deliver it to Shocking Cock Con and get a receipt for three payments to Kalista. Just like that, huh? Magda put the rune box in the bag. You're not going to bust our collective balls that Lincoln needs to go himself or that you're a lawyer, not an errand boy or some shit like that? Cantrell closed the bag, let it drop back to his hip. Lincoln did me a big favor, he said. I don't mind schlepping for him for a little while. I'll be on my way. Cantrell all but ran to the bathroom, and he was gone. He seems nice, Billy said. I don't like him, Magda said. Come on, let's stop Lincoln and Ariella from killing each other. Billy set Dragon down. They walked into the nave to find Lincoln and Ariella still going at it. She sat in her big office chair, which looked out of place in the mostly empty, peaked ceiling nave, while Lincoln 
paced back and forth, a pint of black velvet whiskey in his hand. He wore boots, jeans, and a green and blue plaid flannel shirt, but even without his armor and robes, he still looked dangerous, like a predator waiting for the right prey to come along. This is not time for revenge, Ariella said. Can't you get that through your thick skull? I get to decide what I do, Lincoln said. I killed a damn lich for you, like you asked. Now it's my turn. I want to find that motherfucker and cut his head in two. They had been going around in circles for the last 30 minutes. Lincoln seemed madder than he should have been, considering the situation. Our next mortgage payment is due in two days, Ariella said. Do you want the Argentinerai Bank to foreclose on the church, the only place any of us feel safe? Lincoln scowled. His nostrils flared. Of course not, he said, quieter now. But how can we make this payment in time? Can we sell that ear cuff I took off the lich? Ariella touched her turquoise necklace. Billy saw she had added the ear cuff to its many charms. The cuff has better uses, she said. I can pawn one of my meshwork links. Or rather, you can. Will you go to quarters for me? Lincoln stopped pacing. He took a swig and nodded. Good, Ariella said. I'll find another bounty to get his head on mortgage payments. I promise you, we will go after Teddy Two Fingers. Just not right now, okay? Lincoln took another swig. I'm going downstairs to train, he said. Dragon followed him out of the nave, then trotted right back in, a stuffed armadillo plush toy in her mouth. She brought it to Billy. He took it and tossed it across the nave. Dragon scrambled after it, long ears flapping madly. I feel like I need to know about this teddy dude, Billy said. Can you guys fill me in? Dragon brought back the toy. Billy threw it again. I know some of the story, but not all of it, Ariella said. Truth be told, I'd like to hear it myself. This time, Dragon brought the toy to Magda. She tugged it out of Dragon's mouth and tossed it. Teddy kidnapped children, Magda said. Some enlightened, some purblind. He kept them in his big basement in Cordis, in the dark, tied to beds. Dream gaunts, they're nasty little monsters that cause nightmares to order, made the kid's life live in hell. Take a guess why Teddy did that, Billy. Billy didn't have to think all that long. To collect uh, filaments for spells and meshwork, he said. Like, like gathering wool from sheep. Magda nodded. Yep, he did a big trade on filaments of hopelessness, abandonment, terror, panic, all kinds of shit like that. The Bastion found out and sent me and Link to regulate his ass. Took us two months to find him. We busted up his operation. Teddy and Link fought. Link's hatchet hit Teddy's sword hand, chopped off his pointer and index fingers. Which logically left the ring finger and the pinky. Hence, Teddy Two Fingers, Billy said. Yep. We took him and his associates in. They got life in the gale, and that was lucky. They should have been executed. The gale, Billy said. That's some maximum security prison or something like that? Maximum security. Magda let out a rueful laugh. Well, apparently not. The gale is under the bastion in Cordis. I'll tell you about it some other time. Teddy broke out. 
He wanted payback on Link. He kidnapped Link's son, then put Sam on the shelf. Dragon brought the toy to Ariella. She ignored the pup. That's when Kalista offered that contract to Lincoln, Ariella said. Kalista has connections on the shelf. Lincoln made a deal with her. It was a bad deal. I got him out of it. Sort of out of it, anyway. Lincoln still had to make payments. If he failed, Kalista would pull her protection and Sam would be in big trouble. Billy felt bad for Link, wanted to help the guy. And Billy could help. He knew it just as soon as he learned how to use his power. Lincoln walked back into the nave. Sophia just called, he said. She and Lucas are on their way. They have to talk to us about something. About my dad, maybe. I don't know. Magda crossed her arms like a pouting child. I'll be downstairs, she said. You know I don't like them. You don't like anybody, Lincoln said. And you'll stay up here. They want to talk to you, too. Billy wondered why Magda didn't like them. Another story to be told later, perhaps. What about me? Billy gestured to himself, to his new, larger body. Should I uh, stay in my room or something? Lincoln thought for a moment. You stay down here, too, he said. They already know about you. They know about the old stone church. Well, let them see your change. Having allies in the Bastion is a good thing, kid. A real good thing. Ariella stood. Well, you three have a great time. I don't want anything to do with anyone from the Bastion. It's bad enough that they know about this place. Talk to them, get them out of here, then give me a call, Lincoln. I'll decide if I want to come back tonight or not. Ariella turned and left the nave, Baphomal's big binder of bounties tucked under one arm. Billy couldn't help but look at her ass as she walked out, heels clicking, stocking-clad legs striding, hips swaying within her tight skirt. Let me get a napkin for your drool, Magda said. Both of you. Billy's face flushed hot again. He covered his crotch with both hands, this time because his pajamas were getting tighter. Hey, uh, Link, Billy said. Can I, uh, can I borrow some of your clothes? In the climate-ravaged world of 2072, the city of Pura stands as a miraculous green haven. Pura is a geoengineered paradise that protects its fortunate residents from the global catastrophes of heat domes, fires, floods, and droughts. In a time when the world outside is unsafe, it's vital for Pura's existence that people rally behind the purpose of the city, and Demetria Lopez, head of the city's public relations, tirelessly promotes its idyllic image. But when she stumbles on a dark secret that, if exposed, would be the downfall of Pura's existence, she must decide who and what she's willing to protect. From Wondery, the makers of Academy and Dr. Death, The Last City stars actors Ray Seahorn, Jeannie Tirado, and Maury Sterling. Follow The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive 
as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Sophia and Lucas were the last people Magda wanted to see. She appreciated their assistance with the Roland Outlaws, but that act did not erase the fact that they had abandoned her in her time of need. When everything went to shit, when Magda couldn't function, when the Bastion had cut her off, only one person had stood up for her, made a statement for her. Only Lincoln. Had he done that out of guilt? Maybe. Probably. But he had done it. Her dear friends Sophia and Lucas? Not a peep in her defense. And that cocksucker Juanita, who, more than anyone else, could have backed Magda, helped Magda? Juanita had sold her down the river. A scent caught Magda's nose, made her stomach grumble with instant and powerful hunger. Lincoln entered the nave, followed by Sophia and Lucas, both dressed in full Rixator armor and cloak. Sophia held up two red paper bags marked with the familiar Burger Monster logo of Big Nasties and the chain's beloved tagline, No Human Meat Since 1673. We brought you favorite, Magda, Sophia said with a smile. Who wants some Fasinor's fries and sinister soul holes? Nasties was Magda's favorite. Her victory meal with Link back when they used to go out and stomp heads together. But you could only get big nasties in Cordis. Unless someone brought it to you. What a fucking nice thing to do. Goddamn, Sophia. Thank you, Magda said, taking a bag. Sophia and Lucas looked so damn good in their cloaks and armor. Magda suffered a stab of jealousy. They were still Rixators. They were still embraced by the Bastion. They still got out there protecting people. Sophia looked at Billy, looked up at Billy, because now he was a half foot taller than she was. Nice shirt, stranger, she said. I seem to remember buying Lincoln one just like it for Christmas. The gray and black plaid shirt fit Billy well, as did the old pair of Link's black jeans and his black boots. They fit so well, Magda had to wonder what Billy would look like in Rixator armor and cloak. Pretty damn fine. That was how he'd look. Don't tell me this is the same guy, Lucas said. Lucas was a bit taller than Billy, but only a bit. Billy might be a touch wider in the shoulders. Hard to tell with Lucas in the cloak and armor. Lucas had all of his brother's scowl and none of his sister's charm, while Billy had an innocent charisma all his own. It's the same guy, Lincoln said. Billy had a growth spurt. Sophia nodded. 
A growth spurt. Uh-huh. Magda knew Lincoln wasn't about to explain what had happened. Sophia and Lucas might have the good sense not to ask, and they might not. Time to change the subject. We only got the two chairs, Magda said. We can eat at the beer pong table. The same table upon which she had treated Link after he almost died from fighting Oleus Oakbeard's cradlebats. A bit gross, but Bingles had cleaned up most of the blood. They gathered around the table to the tune of unwrapping burgers, spilling fries into flattened, empty bags, and opening cardboard containers of soul holes. The food was still warm. Sophia and Lucas must have picked it up in Cordis and come straight here. Sorry about the state of the place, Lincoln said. We're uh, still recovering from that fight. Lucas chewed a bite of burger and looked around. Christ, this place is a shithole, he said. The beams weren't scorched before. You have a fire or something? Lucas was already trying to bait Lincoln into an argument. Then, probably, into a fight. Lincoln didn't take the bait. Dropped a candle, he said. Uh-huh, Sophia said. A candle. Billy looked askance at the soul holes. What the fuck are those? Magda had forgotten what they might look like to those not used to the sugary treats. At best, she might describe a soul hole as a sort of moldy donut ball. At worst, maybe a semi-deep-fried oyster covered in sugary glaze and left out in the sun for two days. Try them. Lincoln grabbed one, popped it into his mouth. They're delicious. Billy shook his head. I'll stick to the burger and fries, thanks. He stared at an empty, grease-stained red paper bag. No human meat since 1763? Is that a joke? He didn't need to know the full history of Big Nasties. Facts like that could make a person lose their appetite. Yeah, it's a joke, Magda said. Just eat. Billy picked up a burger, looked at it as if it might come to life and bite him. It wouldn't, of course. The biting burgers were on the secret menu. Lincoln, Sophia said, you and I are going to have a little talk about all of this later. For now, I'll focus on the subject at hand. You need to go to the bastion and see Juanita. She's ill. Lincoln stopped in mid-bite. He lowered his burger. Ill, he said. Like, uh, flu ill? Sophia slowly shook her head. The expression on her face made it clear it was serious. Damn, Lincoln said. Billy tore off a piece of burger, tried to be smooth about lowering his hand under the table to where Dragon was waiting. Juanita, Billy said. Who's that? Dragon took the bit of burger and gulped it down. Turned out that neither Billy nor Dragon were all that smooth about such things. Juanita was my dad's partner when he was a Rixator, Lincoln said. Like Magda and I were, like Sophia and Lucas are now. Juanita and my dad fought together for years. Now, she's the Closator. Billy squinted down at Dragon. Seemingly satisfied that Dragon suffered no ill effects, Billy took a bite of his big nasty burger. His eyes narrowed in delight. Mmm, now that is a tasty burger, he said, chewing. What's a clostator? The Bastion's head motherfucker in charge, Magda said. Kind of like the Pope, 
if the Catholic Church killed monsters and upheld order in general. Lincoln tore his burger in two, held one half up in the air. Shitbird flew into the room like a shadow fired from a hypersonic gun, snatched the burger half, and was gone just as fast. How sick? Lincoln asked. Like, gonna die sick? Sophia nodded. Lucas and I are seeing if we can take Dad to the Bastion to visit her. That was a nice gesture, even if Jacoby might not remember who she was. Maybe it'd be more for Juanita than for Jacoby. When Lincoln and Magda had become partners, Juanita, still just a rixator at the time, had taken Magda under her wing just as Jacoby had taken Lincoln under his. Link and Magda had been teenagers, full of optimism and swagger. Fuck. It felt like a million lifetimes ago. Go to the bastion, Link said. Sure. Is that pissant Basil still the Colossus Secundo? He is, Sophia said, and he can't wait to take over. Basil Beverly was a holier-than-thou fuckstain, as far as Magda was concerned, and a crazy conspiracy theorist to boot. Gloucester Menudo? Billy shoved a handful of fries into his mouth. What does that mean? With the kid's innate abilities, he was going to be crossing paths with the Bastion soon enough. He needed to learn this stuff. That and a whole lot more. Closta Secundo, Sophia said. The Pope in waiting, so to speak. There's also a third in line, the Tertius. Yeah, Lincoln, it's still Shaheem. Shaheem Khalil. Yet another blast from the past. Magda had been wrong about one thing. Lincoln had not been the only one to go to bat for her. Shaheem had too, although when push came to shove, he backed down instead of quitting the bastion, as Lincoln had. Sheen was an okay guy. Magda was happy he had moved up in the ranks. Someday, Shaheen might be the close to Tor. If so, she would be thrilled for him. You should go sooner rather than later, Sophia said to Lincoln. Lincoln sighed. He set his half-burger down on its wrapper. Not that hungry anymore. Billy raised his eyebrows, hopefully. Lincoln slid the burger over to him. Billy attacked it like he had never eaten before. I gotta go to Cordes tomorrow anyway, Lincoln said. I'll pay my respects to Juanita. Thanks, Sophia. Thanks, Lucas. I appreciate the heads up. Magda heard the hurt in Lincoln's words. Being a rixator had been his entire life. He had quit that life out of protest to support Magda. But she knew he missed it badly. The drugs, the booze, even the violence, those were coping mechanisms for him. And tomorrow, Lincoln would force himself to visit the Bastion, the place where he had been the happiest in his life. Now, though, Magda knew he would enter feeling like an absolute failure, a man that had not protected his partner, that could not save his wife, that could not rescue his own son. Magda wished she could go with him, but she was too weak to leave the church. Lincoln would face those particular demons all on his own. You have been listening to Slay, created by Scott Sigler and Rob Otto, performed 
by Scott Sigler. Copyright 2024, Empty Set Entertainment. For more info on Scott Sigler, his novels, short stories, and podcasts, visit scottsigler.com. Theme music is the song They're Watching Me by the band Super Weapon. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.